The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We will do Should I Bet My Team? We'll talk Packers. We'll talk Badgers. We'll talk Bucks. A loaded Should I Bet My Team. Then we will get into the tap list. Things I would do if I won the Powerball. $1.5 billion on Saturday. We'll get into a list of five things that I would do here. And then uh, we'll do a little free talk. Uh, Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Kyrie. We'll talk a little bit about the World Series. Talk a little bit about the undefeated Eagles. Like just whatever, whatever's kind of going on. It's sports world, man, is kind of a kind of a grimy place right now. It's not great. Um, So maybe talk on that. Um, Just need need the vibes to get picked up here. Uh, It's been a rough. Rough start to the NBA season, and we'll uh, we'll discuss that at the end. Uh, and who knows? I'm sure, we'll weave in weave into different things as we talk about the betting lines and the teams. Before I get going, uh, follow along on social media: tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok, tapping the keg on Twitter, uh, also tapping the keg sports on Facebook. Make sure that you are rating and reviewing. I haven't looked recently to see if we have any more nice reviews. We had a great one. A couple weeks ago, uh, more of that. Like, get it going, man. If you're talking to me about the pod, I want a review. I think I said that last Friday. Like, if we're having a conversation about the podcast, I want you to review review the show. If you do review the show and you want to be incentivized, I will incentivize. How will I do that? Whatever. Maybe Venmo, $5, $10, buy, buy a round of beers for the boys uh, for either watching the Badgers, watching the Packers this weekend. I have you covered. So I want to see those reviews. I hope I see those reviews. And let's get into today's show. Green Bay Packers are a tough team to bet on. I think they've cost a lot of people in the state of Wisconsin money this year. I think the Packers are right now 3-5 and five ATS on the year. Uh, they were 2-5 and five before beating the Buffalo Bills from a spread perspective. That That is something... They did do last week. Uh, they covered the spread, which was big. I mean, that, that's nice, right? I think some people focus on betting on their team and their team alone. And to have the Packers finally come through for you after what's been a brutal October maybe brings back some of those units. But now the Packers are favored again, which has been a precarious spot for them. And they are three and a half point favorites in Detroit. It's a similar spread to what we saw with Miami last week. And in a weird way, I I wouldn't say it's similar. It was Tua's first game on the road since coming back from the concussions. There was still a lot of unknown about Miami. Are they for real? Are they not? Miami barely covered that, right? It was 31 to 27 is how that one finished out. Detroit jumped out to a 14-0 lead before Miami brought it back because Detroit's defense is the worst in football. This is is a defense where the Packers have to get the offense right. There are no excuses for what Green Bay should be able to do against this defense. So when I look at that line, I I see a minus three makes a ton of sense. The Lions have owned the Packers from an against the spread perspective, uh, eight and two in their last 10 games. But you have to remember, a lot of those were double digit spreads or spreads of a touchdown or more. So I kind of think like you can throw that out. Like if the Packers had had a successful start to the season and they were, I don't know, seven or eight point favorites on the road, I would tell you that, yeah, that makes me a little nervous, that number, because it seems like the Lions always get up. And I think the motivation has to be considered in this game. 
sometimes that shit is overblown. Sometimes we think too hard on that stuff where we're like, okay, this is a revenge game for that guy or they have extra motivation to win this game, whatever. The Lions right now are kind of floundering. I, I actually I shouldn't say kind of, they are floundering, right? They have one win on the season. They fired their defensive backs coach. They traded one of their leaders on the offensive side of the football. Panay Sewell, best offensive tackle. He missed the last two days for the birth of his baby boy, which is good for him. But again, that serves as a distraction. Now, sometimes the having a kid sort of rally, you rally around it and it, it ends up working out for the better. That said, like there's just a lot going on here where I don't know how, how dialed in, how focused the Lions are. And that's taking away from the Sewell stuff rather just like the Hawkinson trade, DeAndre Swift, I think's back practicing, but he's been in and out of, of practicing and not practicing. Their defensive coordinator is probably going to get fired if the Packers put up a big number on him. Dan Campbell got the vote of confidence. Dan Campbell's rah-rah bullshit is not going to exactly permeate when you're one and seven, right? It's going to wear thin on guys. It's going to make guys quit. Now, some people could be like, Charlie, this is the Lions Super Bowl. I, I disagree with that. I, I understand it. Like, I understand the concept. I understand that if they beat the Packers, that is a huge accomplishment. They end the Packers season for the most part. Like, at, if you're three and six and you have to play Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia, there's not much coming back from that. I would understand if people canceled the season. Like, that, that makes a ton of sense to cancel the Packers. But back to the, the point of the Lions and their Super Bowl. I think the Packers aren't at that level right now. If the Packers were 6-1, and one, absolutely, this is their Super Bowl. Absolutely, we are having that conversation. If the Packers even are 4-3 and three or 5-2, and two, maybe, right? Maybe it's a chance to prove themselves against Aaron Rodgers and try to right the ship for the second half and take the second half on a, on a high note, if you will. I actually think their Super Bowl will be Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day. Everybody will be on Buffalo. Everybody will be talking about how many points Buffalo can score. The spread could be like 16 or 17, depending on where the Lions you know, end up in the next month. And that to me is the game where the Lions are going to pull everything out and try to win that one. That's the one that I'm kind of targeting loosely of like that to me is the Lions Super Bowl. They also have the Vikings at home. I And they should have beat the Vikings. And who knows? Maybe if they do beat the Vikings, does does this season completely turn around? Or if they were able to have one more stop against the Seattle Seahawks, do the, does the Lions season look differently? I'm not sure. The defense might be too porous to be saved. And I'm kicking myself for not taking the under on the season. I talked about it all summer. And then when the lights got bright and I started to hear all the outside noises, I went away from it like in months and I definitely should have taken it because it, it would hit. I mean, it's pretty much going to hit. I mean, it's the over-under was six. It was the most bet over in Vegas this summer. It was an easy fade the public move and I didn't fucking do it. And similarly, that's how I felt like about today's game where with the Eagles and Texans, where everyone seemed to be, oh yeah, the Eagles are going to blow them out. The Eagles are going to win this game. They, they won the game and they... But it wasn't easy, right? The Texans pushed them. I didn't watch a ton. I was more dialed in with the World Series, which we can talk about a little bit later in the free talk. But like, I I just, 
I can't look at this and say like this is the biggest game on the Lions schedule when you have Buffalo and Minnesota still left on the slate. And I think those games matter a lot more to what the Lions are about. So again, the motivation not there. For Green Bay Packers, they see this as a get right game. Their offense can kind of get a spark, get some more confidence and head into a very tough game against Dallas. And that is the ultimate goal. So when it comes to the spread, I will say the Packers do cover. I feel somewhat confident about it. I would take it down to three. Just don't cost yourself on a hook. Like if it has to end on a Mason Crosby game-winning field goal, and then you push, you push, I, I would just buy that down to three. And if for some reason it gets the three or it gets the two and a half, then maybe you you kind of bump it up a little bit more. The money right now, which is kind of bullshit, and we've talked about this in the past, but 55-45 right now uh, to the Packers. Um, so a lot of people are on the Lions, and it's not to, I don't, I don't want to be surprised the Lions are a public pup just because fading the Packers has been very beneficial to so many. But the defense for the Lions is so goddamn bad, and the Packers have offensive talent, and this is the time to break out. One last thing. Oh, Packers over. Let's talk about the Packers over under. I do have one thing on Joe Barry because I, I do want to cover this at the end because I, I need to talk about it. I need to get it off my chest. But let's talk about the over under. So Packers over under, it's 49 and a half. I think that's the largest over under for the Green Bay Packers this season. Uh, the Packers have been, I would say mostly an under team. I know there's a few have went over, but it feels like the Packers just because they're stagnant offense have been mostly under this year. The Lions have been mostly over. If you take away that New England and Dallas game, uh, they are going way, way over the numbers. So that could lead you to believe, well, Charlie, shouldn't we lay the over because the Packers defense is very good? Do we know that? Like the underlying metrics say the Packers defense is actually good. And the Packers actually have a pretty good defense kind of hiding there. But because the offense can't sustain drives, the defense doesn't get to show their teeth. I could see a situation where, and this is like best case scenario shit, but the Packers win like 34 to 10. And the defense actually gets rest. They actually, you know, start packing a punch. They force some turnovers. And before you know it, the Lions, the Lions can't co- or can't bring it over 49 because they are, aren't unable to push the ball. And it's a similar fate to what we saw in New England, what we saw against Dallas. And that's kind of where I think we could net out here. But I'm not ready to, I'm not, I, I kind of am not ready to believe that. I'll believe it when I see it. So I am, I'm mildly confident in the over, but I would not bet it. I don't recommend that one. I, I, I can see the path. Like I can, it makes sense to me, but I could also see the Lions self-combusting and I could see this Packer defense holding strong. And speaking of this Packer defense, Joe Barry met with the media today. Joe Barry talked about Darnell Savage and the tough year that Darnell Savage is having. And talked about how Darnell would be an, he thinks he would be an awesome nickelback, but he has nobody to put at his safety position. That was a real thing that our defensive coordinator said today. Motherfucker, you have Rudy Ford. Rudy Ford, I don't think is a all-star by any means, but why not just fucking see what you have with Rudy Ford? Get a temperature check. You're not facing that explosive an offense. They can throw the ball, they can push the ball downfield. But that should be Adrian Amos's job more so than Rudy Ford. And let Savage play nickel. Why not? And it's so stupid. It is so goddamn dumb. I cannot believe how dumb that comment is from Joe Barry. 
And I, I think Joe Barry shouldn't have a job, but I'm not like banging the drum all day. But when I see dumb shit like that, I have to wonder what the fuck is he doing at all, every day? Like, is he just playing tiddlywinks? Is he just on? I, I don't think anyone plays tiddlywinks anymore. It's a it's a phrase I've used for a long time. Uh, you know, is he just on his fucking phone scrolling through different things? Is he just uploading or downloading different uh, OnlyFans accounts? Like, what is Joe Barry doing in the fucking in his fucking office? How how can he not see that Darnell Savage is the worst safety in football? And by every metric, it says that. And it's like, why are we going to continue to get ourselves burnt when it, it, it's there's some obvious fixes? So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see. Maybe Savage gets that shot. But I, I had to get that off the chest before moving on to the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, because that just was asinine. The Wisconsin Badgers returned from a week off, and they are a five-point favorite against the Maryland Terrapins. The over/under is 49 and a half, so the same over/under as Packers Lions. This is a really interesting game for a variety of reasons. Uh, starting with the, this is not your older brothers, Maryland Terrapins. Maryland has looked like a very competent team. Maryland, I believe, is one win away from bowl eligibility. Uh, this is this Maryland team's impressive. Uh, Tulia Tuggle Viola, that is a mouthful. I, we should can we call him like Tua's younger brother? I, I know that's really disrespectful, but Tulia is, is just harder. But Tulia, uh, the younger the younger Tuggle brother, it's it's just it's a mouthful, right? If it's one syllable, if we just have if it was like two not Tua, if it was two o and Tua, like it makes life a lot easier. But anyway, or it's just Tuli. See, Tuli Tagovailoa, can we call him that? It's still hard. I like Tagovailoa. I, I can say it, and I'm just I'm crumbling with the big lights. But anyways, regardless, throw it out. Maryland is a better team than anyone I think expected. And Maryland has taken a step up. They fought like hell with Michigan on the road, and it was very impressive. And that was kind of, even though it was a loss, it was everybody's reminder that, hey, this Maryland team isn't that bad. This is, again, this is your older brother's Maryland. Can Maryland cover the five? Well, this game is not going to be played in the conditions that Maryland wants. Maryland wants to run and gun. They want to push the football. They want to have explosive plays. And Wisconsin is not good when it comes to explosive plays. They are really, really bad. It's one of their, probably their worst traits as a defense. That said, there are going to be nearly 40 mile an hour winds at certain points and rain. This is Badger football weather. This is the kind of game that the Badgers should dominate. In the past, they did. Now, granted, things have changed. The offensive line might not be what it used to be, but this should be a game where the Badgers just are road graders and they're pushing people around and Braylon Allen has anywhere from 150 to 250 yards. It's set up perfectly for the Wisconsin Badgers, and they catch a major break by facing a pass-heavy Maryland team. And if Maryland still tries to pass, John Torchio, you know, had a couple interceptions, had a pick six. They've been opportunistic on defense. Their secondary has struggled again with the explosive plays, but they have forced turnovers. Now, Maryland has cleaned that up. It used to be a really big problem for Maryland. It hasn't been too much this season. But they want to pass the football. And I, I just think this sets up really nicely for Wisconsin. I wish the spread was four. Like it's at five. Five is just a bad number, right? You don't get any value either side. 
I still would take it. Like, I, I, I am moving myself from, I had mild confidence in my notes. I, I'm moving this to, like, I'm confident. Like, I, I'm confident that the Badgers will cover. I understand Maryland's better. I get it. And I think if this game was being played in the weather we've had all week, which has been lovely and been probably the last grasp of summer or fall, if you will, before we transition fully into winter, I would be very worried about this game for Wisconsin. And I'd be very worried that Maryland would be able to air it out similar to what we saw at Michigan State. The weather just is not their friend this this time around. And that's why I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers minus the five. Over under, big time stay away. So we, like we mentioned about the weather, like I, you can get rich this weekend betting unders, right? Like the entire Midwest is going to be soaked. I hope my wife gets home on her flight. Everybody say good vibes for that. Um, because the last thing I want is her stranded in Dallas on a Friday night. I've uh, been there too long. But so anyways, you could get rich on unders this weekend. You could bet all unders this weekend in that sort of, it's like the Midwest stretch. It's like a band from Wisconsin all the way down to Texas. You could get rich on that. You could just look at games, look at the weather reports and be like, oh yeah, the weather's going to suck here. Take the under. Now, sometimes it, people can go crazy, right? A number could start at like, say a Badgers, right? It's 49 and a half, maybe at, at, tit, or at, at kickoff, it's around like 46 or 47. Like if that goes to that extreme, then you almost take the over because then it's an overreaction, right? If it's like three points and you're like, okay, I can, if I get a field goal here and it's 47, 48, I'm winning, right? And some, that's also called a middle, right? If you're if you're somebody who had 49, like you bet it early and you're like, oh, the weather's gonna be terrible. Let me grab this 49 and a half on the under. And then it gets down to like 46 or 45. Then you're like, okay, cool. I'll just bet the over. And then you win both bets. And best of both worlds, right? Um, it's a little, I, I've never done that. Uh, I'm not, I'm never that savvy. Like I never spend enough time to do that. I never get in bets early for college football. It's probably one of my downfalls, but that's here nor there. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. But yeah, I, I think it's a great under week uh, because of the weather, uh, but I'm staying far away. Like I just, I don't know. Like even though it seems like an under, it could turnovers, bad defense. Again, if Maryland can get a couple explosive plays, the wind dies down. We, we're all betting that the wind's going to be there. What if the wind isn't there? So we'll see. I also, I guess the one thing I would worry about this game for Wisconsin is just what's the crowd environment like in a rainy, cold day, uh, 11 a.m. start. You know, eh, people are going to get up for it, but it's, it's going to be, it's a little tougher than the 2.30 bright, sunny day that we had with homecoming. So I, I'm not... I'm not exactly confident that there's going to be a home field advantage. You do have to think, though, it's the last Badger game at home before Minnesota. They go on the road for Iowa and Nebraska the next two weeks. So maybe there's a little bit there. But, yeah, I no one's also getting gassed up about Maryland, just simply put. like Even though Maryland's better and this is a more fun matchup than some Maryland-Wisconsin ones in the past, no one's, no one's getting gassed up for Maryland-Wisconsin. They're just not. And it's probably, and so hopefully the crowd still brings it. And I also want to just thank the Big Ten for having this game out at 11 so we can all enjoy Georgia, Georgia, Tennessee. I heard PFT commenter on part of my take, I think, I think it was today's show. It might've been, uh, or Wednesday's show or, or Monday's show about how, like, I just have to be somewhere watching Georgia, Tennessee. 
And I would agree with that. Uh, I, I sometimes get criticized by my wife about watching too much sports and watching too much on the weekends. I would, and I tell her all the time, like, I, I do watch a lot, but a lot of times, like, I'm doing other shit. Like, I'm doing a project, or I'm cleaning up something, or I'm, I'm walking and moving around, and maybe I have the game on my phone, maybe I just have the game on mute. Like, I, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like just sitting on the couch and watching. Georgia, Tennessee is a sit on the couch and watch. Like, that, it just is. And it's, it's one you, you just have to have your ass planted. Bama LSU, you could make a case for that in the night slate. Texas, 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 Texas Tech, excuse me, TCU at 11 a.m. You could also make that case. Like it's, it, this is a very special day of college football, and I hope you guys all enjoy it. Um, I am going to be the sucker and take Tennessee. I don't think I'm going to take them on the money line at least right now. I might talk myself into it when it gets closer, but I just. I don't know. Like, I, I don't buy the Tennessee LSU comparison. I don't like it. I think I told that to Mitch yesterday. But I just can't get out of my head that Tennessee is going to keep this close. And that this is going to be a fight. And I realize this Georgia team has been special under Kirby Smart. And maybe Georgia's the new Alabama. Which I think is a take you'd see. Like, if, if Georgia comes out and beats Tennessee by two scores, I think Feinbaum on Monday will talk about how Georgia's the new Bama, how Kirby Smart's the new Nick Saban, and how that even though it looks like it could be a close game, that Georgia's inevitable. I I just, I I don't see it. I think this Tennessee team is focused. I think Josh Heupel, who's getting some NFL buzz, Tony Romo actually reported that, weirdly enough, last week. Uh, I I think that Georgia's gonna, Tennessee's gonna wanna prove everybody wrong. I think there are still doubters, even though they're number one right now in the rankings, and I think they'll want to prove them wrong. I think it's going to be an epic game. I don't know if we'll get it to the level of Bama, uh, but it should be it should be definitely a interesting matchup. It should be one that again must see TV. You just you have to watch it. And as for Bama LSU, I think LSU is a 13 point dog uh, at home. They've been bad at home against Bama. Brian Kelly, Nick Saban. Uh, last time that happened, Brian Kelly did not do well in that game. Granted, the talent is a little different here. I don't know, man. I can't... I'm not saying LSU is going to win this game. I think LSU is kind of underrated. I think everybody has that Florida State game, you know, molded into their head. Like, you know, where they looked terrible. They looked out of sorts. Brian Kelly's guys didn't seem prepared. And then ever since then, it's been it's been pretty solid for LSU. And they're, they're picking up steam here. And Tennessee... Loss was bad, but again, if you look at that loss and you're like, they got warped by Tennessee, like, can't LSU fight a little bit more with Bama? And Bama's had trouble covering spreads at on the road against ranked teams. I, I like LSU to cover. I don't think LSU's going to win the game, but I, I'd expect that to be a close game. I, I could see Bama having some troubles. Also, you got to wonder a little bit about a Bama body blow, right? This is now their third straight game against a ranked opponent. I realize they absolutely thrashed Mississippi State last week but still I you just you gotta there's a lot there man sometimes sometimes that shit gets to you but we'll we'll have to see I'm I'm excited for both those games I think they're gonna be great so just want to give a little extra nudge to college football especially because the NFL slate's so bad that this is the college football like if if you guys can only do one which I I understand there are some households where it's really not, you could not watch football the whole weekend. I 
I get it. I totally understand it. And I know probably my household at some point will be like that. Unless I went Powerball, which we'll get to here in a second. I would recommend watching college football over the NFL. I don't think it's every time that's like that, but the NFL, what, you want to watch Buccaneers Rams in the afternoon? Yeah, you'll watch Packers, but after that, Buccaneers Rams and then Tennessee and Kansas City where Ryan Tannehill might not play and you'll have Malik Willis going into Kansas City, which might be a bigger disaster than Jordan Love. No thanks, man. No, no thanks. I am out on both... I'm both those. I will probably watch though because I have a. It's a disease to watch NFL, but yeah, I'm not. There's nothing that really gets me gassed up about this week uh, besides obviously the Packers. But yeah, it's it's not a good one. Next week, Packers Cowboys. I, there's probably a good NBC game too. Uh, but yeah, I next week's definitely one to get excited for. But this week, not so much. So yeah, stick to college football. Moving on to basketball, you can also watch basketball. Bucks play on Saturday too against Oklahoma City, but before that, they play on Monday on Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Giannis is currently questionable, or no, probable, excuse me, with left knee soreness. I really hope that Giannis plays in this game. Point blank, I don't usually hope that, but I hope it for a couple of reasons. Number one, the good people in Minnesota who are Bucks fans, whether they're Milwaukee transplants or they just decided to hop on the Giannis bandwagon whatever it may be, they got screwed last year when Giannis didn't play. Uh, Giannis was hurt. He didn't. He decided not to play. Giannis sat in that game and did not play. The Bucs lost 138 to 119. They actually lost both matchups to the Timberwolves last season. Uh, but this is a different looking T-Pups team with Rudy Gobert on their, on their roster. So yes, I want Giannis to play for the good people who are Bucks fans who are coming to this game who paid their money to go watch this Bucks team play. Hate to sound like a boomer. My guy Mitch driving all the way from Milwaukee to have Giannis not play would be absolutely brutal for him. And I'd feel bad. I really would. And we just can't have it. Like we need Giannis playing in this, football, in this base basketball game. I almost went all three. Uh, but yeah, Giannis has to be out there. All right. Like have him rest against Oklahoma City. I would imagine that's what they do. Um, and they have him sit down because it's been just it's kind of been a slog, right? They've played a ton of games. Wouldn't be a bad thing to get Giannis a night off uh, before playing against Atlanta in a game that actually matters on Monday when because you you just have to keep winning games against your against your opponents. And I understand you're undefeated and that matters, but at the same time, like it also matters to make sure that you're not putting too much wear and tear in your body. So I imagine he will play against Minnesota, maybe not against Oklahoma City. Uh, I would be bummed out for people if you if you don't get Giannis for a second straight year. That's that's just a bummer. And, and the other part of it too is I want to see him against Gobert. I think that Giannis always gets up for Gobert. He always wants to play Gobert. I again would be surprised if he didn't want to play him. I mean the Gobert, the Gobert Giannis matchup, the Towns Lopez matchup. I think. The Bucks will have their way. Uh, the T-Wolves are looking kind of messy at this point. Anthony Edwards, you know, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, no dunks this year has kind of subtly been like, yeah, the lanes are clogged. I can't do shit. And it seems like the T-Wolves have to trade Carl Anthony Towns at some point. And I think Carl Anthony Towns would be the favorite right now of next disgruntled superstar. Like, I, If I had to bet that, I would say it's Towns at like minus... I'd call him the favorite. I maybe not bet, but I, I would say he's a favorite right now. I think he's even odds that that's the next like disgruntled superstar that is unhappy with his role and things like that. And then before you know it, Towns is traded to Phoenix to play with his buddy 
Devin Booker, who would be a lot cheaper than trading for Kevin Durant, uh, which the Suns thought about doing this offseason, but didn't want to trade Cam Johnson. I think you'd have to trade Cam Johnson to get him, get uh, Towns to the Suns, but that's here nor there. Anyways, if the if Giannis plays, the books right now have it as Bucks minus three. The over under isn't isn't available. I would take I would hammer the Bucks. Um, I just the Timberwolves aren't good. Um, they're just not a good team. The way they're built right now, they're still filling each other out. I don't think we'll have a good read on the Timberwolves until Christmas. Um, I think that's when you'll start seeing things come together for them a little bit more. But this is a good spot for the Bucks to take advantage. And yeah, if it's three or four, I'd say Bucks all day. Five, I get a little a little nervous, but I think three or four is a immediate Bucks bet. It's also one where you you probably put it like at one and a half units, one 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 point two five. But doesn't play, obviously that shit all goes out the window. As for the over-under, uh, they don't have a number out yet. Um, I think if it's anything 220 or higher, I'd look at the under. Uh, Timberwolves unders have been going pretty steadily this year. Um, I think, again, for that familiar, trying to figure everybody out, Bucks have been playing super good defense. Um, it hasn't correlated into everything being under, but I think it's a situation where the Wolves might not be able to score 100 against this Bucks team. It would not surprise me. So, yes, I would, I would take the under here if... It's 220 or lower. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's move on to the tap list. The tap list is something we do frequently where we kind of just talk about, you know, a top five, either pop culture or something going on in the world. And something going on in the world is the pot, the, the Powerball jackpot, which is at $1.5 billion. Now, if you won this, you would not be able to take home $1.5 billion. I think I read that the lump sum after taxes would be $476 million. And then you have to set aside an additional $94 million for taxes going forward. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of change. It's a lot of jump change. So what would I do with that money? Now, let me be clear here. And I don't know how I'll be clear on the if I do this as a social thing, I might have to just text my wife on it. So she, when she sees the Instagram story, she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, yes, I would do work on a roof. We, our roof needs to get looked at. I don't know if it needs to get anything done. Uh, just a little unsure on that. Um, definitely make sure that we're hiring landscapers to work with my mom um, on the landscaping. She does, my mom does a great work on it. I love my mom but also like having people kind of take care and mend some of the trees and do some of the other shit. We would do that. Um, I, I'm sure we would replace some doors, maybe look at potential, you know, renovations with different shit. Like that, there would be a lot of, oh, we'd redo the bathroom. Like there would be a lot of money going into my actual house, okay? I just want that on the record. So this does not come back to me, all right? Uh, I want that fully on the record. And also, too, we would take a lot of really fun trips. And I didn't list that, but I definitely, a, a trip uh, with my wife would certainly be on there. And we, I'm sure we'd find a, a few different things to do. Because, again, you don't have to work a day in your life. But my number one thing would ma- basically be me working. Tapping the Keg Sports would be would have an office. We'd have employees. We'd be full glow. I wouldn't have that many employees. Um, I'd hire a few buddies. Um, which always a little, little troublesome, but 
you know, I'd hire a few things and just kind of try to figure out what, what how we can play in this in the city of Milwaukee, state of Wisconsin. Uh, I the office would certainly be downtown, have TV set up so we could live stream and do all that stuff that we don't typically do right now. Like the coolest thing about that and having that money and being able to do that type of thing would be just the amount of resources that we could put into it and also make our money back, right? Monetize t-shirt designs like that to me is a huge thing that I would love to do more of. I just, again, I've told you guys before on, on the show, like I don't have all the time in the world. I find I have less time in the suburbs than I did in the city. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's just because I, I walk around my house. My house is bigger and I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's so weird. I've been noticing it way more this week. Um, and today's a great example too. Like looking at the clock now, I'm like, I should be in bed, but here you have it. So whatever. Um, the, there would be a tab in the keg office for sure. Downtown. I don't know where in downtown. Where would I put it in downtown? My first like gut reaction was Brady Street. Like somewhere around Brady. Um, you know, that to me is was, was gut reaction number one. Gut reaction number two was around like the Martin Luther King Drive area. Um, that like whether it be like Third Street Market Hall area or like right by the bar scene, like Broadhouse or things like that. And there's no like open offices, right? Um, I'd have to have to work on that. But I, I think there are a lot of good spots. But anyways, yes, that's number one. Number two is building the ultimate basement. So also making sure that I have a work from home space, that I would have a podcast studio built out, that I'd have a sick gym, that I'd have multiple TVs, that I'd, I'd have everything that I kind of want in a basement. And that would be built out and figured out. And we have a finished, unfinished basement, if that makes sense. Like we have, we have the pieces of a finished basement, but none of it really has been worked on. So that's up to us. And then that problem gets solved and we just build it out to what exactly we want, pay the right people, and there you have it. And, and do all the things that I think my wife and I have talked about in that basement area. Number three would be Bucks season tickets. Um, I just think it'd be great to watch Giannis on a regular basis. I wouldn't need to be courtside, just need normal tickets, just have a good vantage point of the hoop. Have, you know, I don't know if I would need every game. I don't think I'd want to go to every game, but have like a variety of tickets where it's like pick and choose, maybe a game a week, a game every other week, um, just so that it's there. Big games, right? Like when they're playing the Suns, for example, or the Warriors, or I'd still, I've actually, oh no, I've seen LeBron. I was gonna say I've never seen LeBron in person, but I have seen LeBron. Um, so yeah, when LeBron's coming to town, different things. Um, that that would be sort of a great thing. Number four is an interesting one. It's unique. It's the 2024 Final Four tickets and national champion, for that matter. My wife really enjoys March Madness. Uh, she wanted to go last year. I pushed back on it because I didn't want to watch the Wisconsin Badgers and I didn't really want to be around their fans. No disrespect, no no ill will. Um, I'm just not a Badger fan, all right? And I didn't need anyone giving me shit why I wasn't cheering for the Badgers. I realized this is stupid. I realized that this is sophomoric of me, but I just was like, I don't want to be in that building, man. Like, let them have their fun. I'm glad they're making City a lot of fucking money and that's great and that's awesome. But I just didn't really want to be a part of it. Um, man, in retrospect, that was not a great business decision. It was a little selfish on my part. You know, when your wife wants to do something, it's 
Yeah, as long as it's not out of control, uh, it's definitely worth doing. So anyways, she loves this shit. So I don't want to go this year, um, mostly because it's in Houston. I have no desire to visit Houston. Uh, just doesn't. It's not very high on my list of places to go. 2024 is in Phoenix. You have Scottsdale. You can live it up. Have a great fucking week. Uh, it's mid. It's like early to late. Well, it's early April, right? Uh, that would be incredible, and that would be such a good time. So that would be my number four choice. I realize I can do a lot more with this money, by the way. It's like, you're like, why aren't you staying private jet? Or why aren't you staying in your own island? Or something like that. It's like, well, here's the thing. These are just like realistic things that I, if I had a ton of disposable income, I'd like to do. And I think number five is a golf trip with my dad. So my dad and I don't golf that often. Uh, every now and again, we, we golf. We, we probably don't do a good enough job of getting out together uh, transparently. But doing a golf trip with my dad would be a fucking awesome time. And anything would be on the table for him. Like, I, it would be his decision, where he wanted to go. If he wanted to go to Pebble Beach, we'd go to Pebble Beach. If he wanted to go to Pinehurst, we'd go to Pinehurst. If he wanted to go to St. Andrews, we'd go to St. Andrews. Like, it, whatever he wanted, we would go. And that would be his choice. And I think it would be awesome. And I think it would be great. And maybe it's an annual thing, right? And we just, we pick a different big time golf course to go to each year. And it'd be something special, man. Um, you know, I, I, I would love that. Um, I traveled with my dad once, I think we went to Boston together. Uh, well, actually I went to Arizona together with him, my sister also too, but it's, it's fun, man. So, you know, obviously you want both your parents and I love my mom and I've done things with my mom, just my mom. But it's, it's fun to kind of sometimes solo travel with your parents because it, or one parent because it just it builds a better connection, better bond. And so, yeah, I would love to do that if I had all this money and take him to one of like the premier golf courses that he would want to play. And, and it would be totally his call. Like it would just be where where does he want to play? Now, one problem is, is he, it's not, he doesn't walk the best at this point. So it's like, have to go to a course where carts were allowed and i don't know if any of these places allow carts i know st andrews probably doesn't um and maybe you can get an exemption and get you know work with that i have no idea um again i don't have a bunch of money and i'm not that good at golf to be like oh yeah let's plan a trip to go play pebble like that's just unfortunately not not where i'm at right um but who knows so yeah man i best of luck to those playing the powerball if you win and you're a listener, you're an avid listener, and you want to invest in Tabby the Keg Sports, I'm all ears, man. I'm not going to ask you for it. But if you want to build it up, you want to make it your thing, and you become the principal owner of it, and then I work for you, sweet. Let's let's fucking roll. Let's ride, as, as Russell Wilson would say. So yeah, uh, I went long today. Um, I thought I was going to do free talk because I was like, oh, I don't know how long everything's going to be, and... We'll just see, but I'm already at 40 minutes, so I'll, I'll just hit it quick. World Series has been electric. Um, because my wife's been gone all week, I've been able to watch everything. Um, sometimes, you know, obviously when she's here, you know, she doesn't want to watch sports every night. And so I've watched a lot of the World Series. Watched a decent amount of the no-hitter. Uh, obviously saw Philly's explosion the night prior. And then tonight, the Phillies probably should have won that game. They left a ton of guys on base, but the Astros found a way. And I think that's always the thing about the Astros, right? They always find a way. 
And I, even though Zach Wheeler has been good, he was good in his last. I think he got hit up a little bit, but I just I have a really hard time seeing the Astros not win it in six. Um, on would that be Saturday night? Like I, I think the Astros get it done in six. I'd be really surprised if we have a game seven Sunday. Uh, but if we do, I'll be tuning in. Game six, I don't know. I I'll probably be toggling back and forth between that and Bam and LSU if I'm home and not at a bar. But it's also a good case to be at a bar, right? You get Bucks Thunder, you get Bama LSU, you get the World Series. Like and that's one, and I, I do this, I get on my soapbox all the time, but that's exactly the reason why bars can't have just one game on. Like no there's no way it makes sense to just have one but one game on in that type of scenario. So anyways, um, yes, I, I think it's done. I, not done, but I just think the Astros win on Saturday and get it taken care of. I would be stunned if they blew a 3-2 lead heading home to Houston. Kyrie Irving thing, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it. It's pretty serious. It's a pretty big bummer. Um, it's just, you know, Kyrie, man, is just way too much of a tryhard. He finally apologized right before I started taping. Said how sorry he was and how... He basically reacted because he got called an anti-Semite and he's not an anti-Semite. And that was sort of his basis of his frustration. I don't know how much I buy it, um, honestly. Uh, he got obviously told by his PR team, like, hey, you have to do this. I'm starting to wonder if Nike reached out. Kyrie, for all the bullshit, all the stuff, he has very popular shoes. His shoes are some of the most popular basketball shoes in the game. I have to believe that Nike said something to him and said, you have to apologize or we are pulling your shoes off the shelf. And when you fuck with money, that's how you you get to basically say you're sorry. Now, Kanye West, who's doing something similar, doesn't really have that sort of pressure, right? Adidas dropped him. He's like, I don't give a fuck. And I worry Kanye is heading down a dangerous path. I'm a huge Kanye fan. Um, it's what he's done has been reprehensible. I don't acknowledge, I don't like support what Kanye has been doing. Um, and it was awkward. It's kind of awkward looking back at our conversation with Shannon two weeks ago where we're like, oh, Kanye, can you play it? And basically he told me after, like we, we were told like, yeah, you can't play Kanye anymore, which makes sense, right? I, you don't want that. You don't need, bar doesn't allow like X, Y, and Z. By the way, speaking of bars, well, we, we're on that and we're rolling again. Free talk. Uh, Miguel Cody shut down for 10 days. Red, white, and blue can't do all you can drinks anymore. Um, does this city have anything better to do? Like, we don't need to get into the election fraud, but you got someone busted for fucking election fraud, and our city council is worried about goddamn underagers and all you can drinks. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, who cares? Has, has I would love to see the stats if somebody has basically, you know, there've been issues at Red, White, and Blue in terms of like hospitals, in terms of like injuries, in terms of damaged property. Like if those things stack up, then yeah, you should revoke the privileges of the kids who, you know, were partying and doing that shit. But if none of that is happening, why can't people at Red, White, and Blue have their fun? So that's a bummer. McGillicuddy is, I don't know, man. Um, that's, we were there, what were you there, like three weeks ago? Uh, and we it was decent you know it wasn't great but it wasn't like it wasn't the worst thing i didn't think it was that young of a bar but apparently yeah they're letting a lot of underators in and they got busted and yeah 
there there you have it so we'll see um i did i i thought i had something else i must i think i forgot i was like oh Kyrie houston ended up talking a little bit about milwaukee we'll we'll just end it here i'll probably remember it right after i i push stop but have yourselves a fantastic weekend um i don't think i don't know if i'll go out so i don't know i can't even say maybe i'll see you're out in the city of milwaukee um who knows maybe suburbs maybe maybe a little tosa action uh, we'll we'll have to see uh but yeah uh, have yourself an awesome weekend and we'll talk monday we'll be back packers lions we'll badgers terrapins we'll see what happens with the bucks this weekend against the thunder and the t-wolves and yeah we'll get into it i i know oh i should mention this i should mention this early if you're a real one you're gonna be like where's the college basketball preview i'll be honest hand up i have time to dive into it i didn't want to give you kind of a fugazi preview um, we'll certainly talk about first impressions from Marquette and Wisconsin early on. And as meant, we're going to try to do as much with Wisconsin as we can. Okay. I will, I'm not going to make a ton of promises, but I will at least try to tune in when I can. I'm going to give my opinion. Marquette all in on that. Um, but we're going to definitely, uh, we'll definitely do the damn thing, man. So take care. Have a good one. We'll see you Monday. All right. Bye.